strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch, and your host for today. Today, I'm thrilled to have as our guest, Lisa Caldwell, co-founder of SAS for Women, an organization dedicated to help women consider and navigate separation, divorce, divorce recovery, and other major life transitions. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you for this opportunity. And hello, relaunchers. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, so today's topic is divorce and relaunching. As they often go hand in hand, it's a very serious topic. Uh, we have people who take career breaks and return to work for very different reasons in our almost now 50,000 person iRelaunch community. And one of those situations is being propelled back into the workforce because of divorce. And we are fortunate to have Lisa here with us who is an expert on all issues of divorce and relaunching and whose work we featured at irelaunch.com for several years now. So Lisa, let's just dive right in to what I would consider the main issue on this topic is, are there issues in terms of timing and negotiating your divorce settlement in terms of when you go back to work? Yes to timing and yes to negotiations. But, you know, I'd, I'd really like to just take a moment and back up a bit. I'd like to give the challenge a bit more context. Okay. You know, Carol, for many women, myself included, the fear of going back to work or needing to go back to work is what keeps us from acting on our need to, to get divorced often. Let me explain that a bit more. And I'll use my own story. I was in a very unhealthy marriage for more than 15 years. I was a stay-at-home mom. I'd been well-educated, but as a, as a stay-at-home mom, I felt alone. I was ashamed. How could an educated woman who seemingly had an enviable life from the outside feel so weak? So not entitled. You know, if you looked at me, I looked pretty much together. But I didn't have an ATM card. I didn't think we could afford a divorce. And that's certainly what my husband told me. I believed it. I didn't be believe that I'd be able to so support myself or the kids. I didn't believe that anyone would hire me. So mm -hmm. I spun in this place of hating myself and feeling unemployable and being unable to move. I couldn't divorce because I didn't have a job. I couldn't get a job because I felt unemployable, unworthy. Mm -hmm. So this place of returning back to work was an emotional and practical catch-22. Um, so how did you get out of that catch 22. It, it, it seems it's so cyclical and it feels like you could be trapped there forever. And it is, it's a loop. It's a crazy, vicious circle. And it's one that can overwhelm you and have you feel paralyzed, unable to take any kind of action. But the important thing to remember is that Normally during that loop, you'll, there'll be different triggers that happen, red flags. 
And sometimes if you stay in that loop, you're simply overriding those red flags. It's important to listen to that that so-called inner voice that you have, that something is wrong, and, and seize on it. Use it as a catalyst. Do something different than what you have been doing. And, and here's some practical things. Find support. For example, you might connect with the iRelaunch community. I'm preaching to the choir here, but let me emphasize how great it is that you're here listening to this podcast, a part of this community. If it's not iRelaunch, find another community where you'll not feel like such an aberration and keep taking baby steps, learning and getting trained for a job or learning about what your real life choices are if you were to divorce. You could get a job volunteering in an area that appeals to you, one that reinforces your values and your own sense of worth, where you might start connecting with people who can hire you or endorse you or tell you of job openings. You can try working with a professional one-on-one, a divorce coach, for example, who will help you understand what the journey looks like, what it is to reinvent. And this way you'll do more than just talk about it. Someone might hold you accountable to taking the action that you need to take. But having someone bear witness to your situation is powerful. Vocalizing it, being heard, and being held accountable to what you say you want to do. And if you can't afford a one-on-one situation, look for a group. Um, For example, I have a a coaching group that's called Annie's Group, and it's all about helping women move from this loop, this, this crazy, vicious cycle of repeating the same thing. It's about getting educated first, brainstorming what your choices are in life for leaving the marriage, brainstorming what your choices are for getting a job. And a group is powerful because, again, you're hearing how other people are experiencing a situation and you're being held accountable to what you say you want to do. You could also go back to school, take some computer classes, complete your degree. It's not really just about completing your degree. It's about changing the chemistry in your head and and empowering you, teaching you that you can learn new things and that people will value you. You can learn new ideas. Putting yourself in new places, doing something different from what you have been doing, pushing yourself to adapt is what empowers you and makes you feel possible. It's baby steps. So Lisa, what, and maybe I'm jumping forward too much, and if so, you know, we'll, we'll hit this topic at the right time. But when I've talked to uh, women who are emerging from a divorce and relaunching, there has been, I don't, I don't want to say conflicting advice, but um, ad- advice that, that I've heard from women who have gone through it that said, if I'm talking to a woman who's at the beginning of the process, who, who's going through a divorce negotiation, 
I'm going to tell her to be very cautious about when she is returning to work because the, and what the assumptions are around the income streams that she is going to generate because that is going to affect her divorce settlement and maybe she needs a little bit of a runway um, as you know we talk about relaunching taking time and in order to do the to not just grab a job to pay the bills although maybe you you need to do that sometimes people need to take an interim position to pay the bills while they're strategizing strategizing for their next job which is going to be their true relaunch but how do you manage the timing and and also potential income stream um, estimates while you're also in a negotiation on a divorce settlement and i guess I don't you probably do this all the time, but there should probably be a caveat here where we say we're not giving actual legal advice, but I'm just interested in your experience and your advice um, as a divorce coach and in as a co-founder of SAS. Yes, agreed. I'm not a lawyer. I'm a divorce coach and I'm an educator. So, Carol, I mean, you bring up a, a really good question and even your, 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 your tone kind of suggests that urgency of needing to know one way or the other. Is mm -hmm. it strategic to get the job while you're negotiating or is it better to defer? Might it optimize or maximize your situation legally mm -hmm. if you wait to get the job? And what mm -hmm. I'm going to say again is like, whoa, 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 let's back up. Let's think of this as there's a stage when a woman who is going through divorce and something is terribly wrong. As she starts to consider what her life choices might be and she starts to talk to professionals and that would involve a lawyer. It would certainly also involve a financial person. It's gonna be involving someone who can give her perspective. What I really caution her to do is to recognize that this is a marathon, this process. Mm -hmm. This is a long process and you cannot have the right answers. They're not forthcoming right off the bat. The job is to get educated on what your choices are. So you have to find out what your menu of choices are. Before you even hire an attorney, you want to talk to an attorney and, for example, have an attorney weigh in on that question. Should you get a job now or should you wait? Do you even have to get a job? You're getting information so that you're creating your strategy. So it's really not like I don't want to force that hand of needing to know for sure and when exactly mm -hmm. to get educated up front about what your choices are. And the only way to do that is to engage with professionals who are seasoned and who can give you real time feedback on your circumstances. There is no formula. That said, Carol. There certainly is a strategic approach to getting a job while you're dealing with divorce. So let's say you have now filed and you are actively in the divorce mm -hmm. and you're figuring it out. So certainly in the past, there would be people, there would be lawyers who would say, hold off, hold off on getting that job because you want to prove that you have a certain lifestyle. You want to maintain the status quo so that you stand the best shot at getting spousal support mm -hmm. um, to sustain you for a certain period of time. Well, the way the world has evolved now, spousal support is not nearly as, um, what shall I say, it's not, as, it's not the great support that it used to be perceived. Now mm -hmm. you have to, it's pretty much assumed 
that both women and men, by the way, increasingly there are men who've been stay-at-home caregivers, mm-hmm. you will have to get a job. So it's not quite the great strategic play as it used to be years ago. Mm-hmm. Women used to, and it used to be women primarily who would be advised to like, no, don't get a job right now. Heavens, no. Well, now, of course, it is probably in your future you're going to have to get a job. All of that legal talk aside, what I critically know is that getting a job transfers you to a new place psychologically and from a place of feeling worthy and having confidence. So quite aside from a legal strategy, I think it's critical for a woman to start to find the means to, uh, and, and the man to be able to consider what that next place is that's going to give him meaning and to find that traction in, an, in a job. A job certainly was, for me, transformative. It was a catalyst in helping me feel like I could do so much. I could take control back of my life. So there's two things here. There's the legal strategy, and, there's, and then, there's the, the, then there's kind of the whole life strategy. What is better for you as a, as a human being? And I've heard, I've heard lawyers whom I really respect, female lawyers, say, forget about the legal strategy. This is about what is best for you and your confidence and sense of empowerment, and you should get a job. Right. You know, um, a couple of, you know, we've been in the space and I relaunched for um, over 10 years. I relaunched is 10 years old, but we've been in the space even, even before we started I relaunched. And over time, not only have we had conversations with um, women who have relaunched careers in the face of a divorce or, you know, before, after they got divorced and sort of ha- what the impact that was uh, on their d- divorce negotiation and beyond. We've spoken with um, like retired judges who are now mediators in divorce proceedings. Um, and we've also fielded inquiries coming into iRelaunch as to whether we would testify um, in trials a- about the average time it takes to return or the average income people might make in different fields if they've returned after an X year career break. Um, of course, we would never be in in that role. Uh, But it's interesting to us that we are requested to be in that role sometimes because you know where they're trying to go with it. It, it, You could imagine either side who might be um, wanting some kind of expert opinion uh, for for their case one way or the other. So it's interesting to hear about the evolution in these uh, in settlements and divorce proceedings and how they look at the spouse who's been at home, male or female. And also, I completely uh, agree about the the psychological, um, it, how you put it, transfers you to a new place psychologically to be working. I mean, I would argue that divorce or no divorce, um, that's the case when you're relaunching, but especially in the situation um, of a divorce uh, where you could feel un- unbelievably vulnerable and and have a lot of fear. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Because in fact, and because it is so transformative, and, and if you are trying to navigate them both, get a job. Well, I think typically what women will say is let me first try to get the job and then let me then make the next move. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The, the, combined, the combined paths can heighten the stress, which makes it even harder to embark. 
to begin with. <laughs> right. No, you're absolutely right. So loaded. So loaded. And what happens if you have no advance warning about the divorce that all of a sudden there's a surprise announcement from your spouse that they're, they, they want a divorce or they're in another relationship or something, and you don't have this time to contemplate the possibility. Does, do your comments that you just made change at all in that kind of situation or is it the same? That's a really good question, Carol. It is different because, because you're, you haven't been prepared. And what we have to realize is, of course, the spouse has been preparing for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you're hit, you're in this place of shock and duress with being faced with the fact that someone has just served you papers for divorce or, you know, your spouse wants to wants wants a divorce. And so you're spiraling in this place of stress mm-hmm. and you're you're with this regardless you are not seeing clearly and we have this incredible i don't know propensity to think that we have to have the black and white answers about everything that there's this urgency you must know we must know well your husband or your spouse may very well know what the strategy he's using is he probably does he's been thinking and metabolizing this for a long time and been planning you mm-hmm. have not, you have to cut yourself some slack. And it goes back to the same thing I was saying before. This is a time more than ever where you must get educated on what your choices are. You don't know what you don't know. Even if you're embarking on divorce and you're the initiator, you really don't know what you don't know. You don't know what your choices are. But particularly if you've had it thrown at you, You deserve the time, and I encourage clients, for example, who've been served papers and and are told, have you found a lawyer yet? Have you filled out the paperwork yet? To really push back and take back the clock and say, I am working on it, to to officially say that to their spouse, I am working on it, but Mm -hmm. and to not disclose what she's doing to work on it. And what she's doing or he's doing is she's going around getting educated by talking to experts on what her choices are. She should not hire a lawyer right away. She should hear how different lawyers would approach the situation. For Mm -hmm. example, her her spouse might be proposing mediation. She doesn't know if they're a good candidate for mediation. She -hmm. needs to be educated on 360 degrees as to what her possibilities are, and if she takes the if she takes a certain path, what the long term forecast of that path is. Mm-hmm. Not just getting through the, the divorce, but how is it going to establish her in her new chapter as she struggles to create her new identity and where she's going long term. So right. I, I yeah, so I caution people: don't commit and do not act too rashly. It's important to get educated. You actually answered my next question, which was, do you get a lawyer before anything else? So, but, so the answer to that is no, you need to step back and slow the clock down and get yourself educated. So is the first stop that people should go to the SAS for Women website in terms of who these experts are and where to start? Or do you also have other um, 
recommendations for people? Like, how do they get educated? Well, this is what I know people do. This is what I know women do in particular. You know, a lot of us are educated and we're, we're, we're consummate problem solvers. So we're trying to find these answers by Googling and we're Googling in the dark. Mm -hmm. So yes, a woman will stumble across my website because we have more than a hundred articles dedicated to these emotional, practical, financial, legal challenges. Mm -hmm. And she'll start, she'll find herself. When she comes to my website, for example, she'll choose a door. She's thinking about it. She's navigating it. She's recovering or she's dealing with another life challenge. And that will open a door to a whole font of different uh, articles dedicated to some of the things that she's thinking and that she also has to navigate. So Mm -hmm. when you say, you know, do you hire a lawyer right off the bat? I go back to this place of you begin by getting educated. You might start to find out what are the divorce laws in your state. Divorce laws vary and you don't have to know everything because you're not a lawyer, but you need to have sort of a bird's eye view of how it's done, say, in the state that you're in. You're going to want to talk to a lawyer. You're going to want to talk to a financial person because they have different they have different um, lenses, if you will, for giving you information. You're not committing. You're in this information gathering place. Of mm-hmm. course, I advocate that a woman come to me because I'm going to give her that in- holistic lens so that she understands what the journey looks like. And that she knows what to think, what, what, what she can and cannot attain sort of in each of these stages. So it helps manage her expectations of self. It gives her a sense of what the time really is like. And, but going back to this place, it is important, even if you are going to do the do-it-yourself approach with divorce, to really talk to a lawyer. And I encourage two or three. But you go into that meeting with a lawyer, if you haven't worked, say, with a divorce coach, you go in with a list of questions and you create those questions. By the way, I have a post on my website, which is what are the best questions to ask a divorce attorney? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you go in with your own questions to a lawyer, you want to really address your biggest fears because that's what is dampening your stress. So you could create your questions, for example, how soon do I have to go back to work? Do I have to go back to work? Mm -hmm. I know when I was thinking about divorce, I didn't want to hear that I was going to have to go back to work. Again, Mm -hmm. for all those reasons of my vulnerability, my shame, I didn't think I was employable. But you need to go in, create those questions from your greatest fears. Will I be able to keep the children? Will I be able to, you know... Um, will I attain some kind of spousal support? You write those questions from your biggest fears and that's what you go into the lawyer with and do not think that you necessarily have to hire that attorney. There's a lot to that, that, that consultation, that visit, but this is what I recommend women do. They begin by dipping their toes. They come to my website. They start to get educated. They will, you know, if you can work with a divorce coach, I know not everybody can afford working one-on-one with a coach, which is why I've also created something called Annie's Group. And Annie's Group is a group coaching scenario for women across the country, and I have a couple of women from Europe in it. 
And it's where they are. It's a six week program where they're being educated financially, legally, emotionally, and with, with an understanding of wanting to do divorce in the smartest way with the greatest integrity. And what's cool about Annie's group is that you are also connected to another sister partner in the group. Mm. So outside the class, you have accountability and you say, I want to do this. And you hold your, she holds you accountable and you help her stay supported too. Very good. Uh, I just want to break uh, for a minute to say you're listening to 321 I Relaunch, where we talk about strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of I Relaunch, and your host. And we are speaking with Lisa Caldwell, co founder of SAS for Women about relaunching and divorce. And it's a real honor to have her here with us on 321 I Relaunch. And before we go any further, Lisa, I realized. I don't know what SAS stands for. Can you please tell oh, me? Oh, sure. How much? Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yes. It stands for support and solutions. So support and solutions for women. We really want to be more than just talk. We really mm -hmm. want to be about action and helping you move through and forward. So support and solutions. Can you talk about, do you have any examples of different situations that are, are different types of divorce scenarios or different situations where people returned to work or didn't return to work or waited or accelerated their return that might illustrate any of the, um, uh, any of the that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah. I think I want to be very explicit about, um, I'm going to try to talk about a few people, but I really want to drive home the point of something that I know so critically. And that was how lost I felt for years. Mm -hmm. And what and the tremendous turning point was, was when I went back to school. And that I, in that scenario of being back in school, I suddenly saw that I was not quite the dumb bunny I'd been portrayed behind the marital door. Mm -hmm. Teachers and peers found me valuable. You know, it started. I started to learn technology because I had to. I found that that had completely changed in the 20 years that I'd since been in school, mm -hmm. which then gave me this kind of mechanism for learning and just kind of it became this kind of beautiful path that started to unfold once you face the challenge and dip your toes in the new it, be, it becomes life affirming. So going back to school allowed me to start to learn technology. It started to help me connect with people whom I could then return to, to ask for, you know, endorsements or references when I simultaneously decided I was also going to start to look for a job. Mm -hmm. my, my, my husband, I was quite convinced that I wanted this job at it fit perfectly with kind of my academic studies and graduate work. And I remember that my husband was convinced I was not going to get the job because they were taking forever to get back to me. Mm. And he kept saying, you're not going to get it, abandon it, abandon it, move on. And he wanted me to do something far more, I don't know, not, not nearly as exciting. And I kept pushing it with this job while I was going to grad school. He was furious that I was in grad school. He mm. thought it was all going zero. And I will never forget the day where I um, was told that I got the job. 
Mm. And I called my husband up on a street corner, and that was when payphones still functioned. And I mm-hmm. said, I've got the job, and I want a divorce. Wow. That was, you felt like a lot of power and 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 just maybe, I, I don't know, resilience and fighting back to everything that he was putting in front of you to make you feel vulnerable. Yes, I felt, I felt suddenly possible. I felt someone oh. saw me. Mm-hmm. outside of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Someone saw me and decided I was a worthy bet. Wow. So you can hear what even the emotion in my voice today. Yeah. So, what? so what I see this all the time with women who come in my door. We are so fearful. We are so convinced. We've bought the Kool-Aid that we've created even for ourselves that we are not deserving. Mm-hmm. And if we can just own that, and get over ourselves and shift and try, you are amazed and surprised at what does happen. So I've seen women who, of course, been struggling to try to prove that they're, they cannot go back to work. But the judges are, in fact, pretty demanding. They're not very tolerant if it gets to that point. And, and by the way, if you begin working with the right people in divorce, less... Uh, Few people actually go to court. Less than 10% of all cases go to court. But that is kind of the threat that you feel like you're going to go to court. If you begin working and strategizing and trying to do it the healthy way from the beginning, chances are you're not even going to be part of that 10%. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes women come to me and they are already well engaged in litigation. And it is that battle for the life. They've been, they've been raising their children and they don't see themselves as being worthy. Um, and being employable. And two years later, when I have a client return to me and she's now in a new place where she is working, she's completely forgotten about that disempowered person she used to be. I have to draw attention to her to help her understand the, the incredible journey that she has traveled because she almost forgets about it. Right. And is there any thinking about judge versus mediator in terms of how they look at this return to work question, or it can go any way depending on the person, regardless of whether. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, if you get to that place where a judge is weighing in, usually a judge is, as I say, not going to be very tolerant, but that is so far down the road. Mm -hmm. That is so far down the road. You're, you're, most women, if they're in that planning stage or even navigating it, they're going to not encounter that. Now, is mediation going to help you? Well, again, we need to back up. And that's, and that's, again, why, for example, Annie's group, this coaching class that I have is so important because you need to find out what is the best model for you to get this done is mediation sounds like a fantastic means of getting divorced because, well, just talking from a woman's perspective, it sounds not expensive. It sounds amicable, Mm -hmm. but it is not the perfect thing for everybody. So you need to know what the caveats are and what the red flags are. And if you're really even, if you and your husband are good candidates for it. Mm-hmm. So you must first, again, front load the education with what your choices are in terms of what your legal rights are, what different forecasts are for you, what you might, what you're entitled to, and then how, how, what model of divorce will you choose? So going back to mediation, it is not right for everybody. 
But in mediation, in theory, you should be able, I, I can't imagine a spouse not wanting the other to have a game plan for going back to work. So it might even put more pressure on you to, to, to negotiate what that, that clear plan is. It's, it's quite complicated. You, if yeah. you're in mediation, you're going to want to be advised by somebody on the side who's helping you advocate for yourself. Most, right. you know, we didn't study, I didn't, certainly didn't study divorce law when I was in college. I wasn't a little girl wanting to grow up and be a divorce coach. Who would want to be? You don't know what you don't know about right. this stuff. You have to get educated. And then you take it all in and then you kind of metabolize and figure out, okay, this is my best strategy. I'm going to mm -hmm. real I'm going to understand yeah. I probably am going to have to go back to work. Right. And, you know, everyone's situation is so unique and it's really hard to generalize from one situation to another. So that's another reason why it's it's sort of hard to give generalized advice because the, these these situations are different for every person. Um, you know, we're, we're running out of time here. There's so much to talk about. There, there's one more question I want to ask you before we wrap up and I ask you for some um, advice uh, to give to our listeners. But um, in the case where you decide that you either um, want a career transition and so you're entering a new field or you've been out for a long time and you need to update yourself and you need to go back to school or take courses or do um, some sort of formal updating, uh, is there any thing that someone who is divorcing or um, it, you know, in the process of divorce or anticipating a divorce has to think about in terms of how do you fund uh, that education, um, or would it be, is it any different if you're going through a divorce than if you are not? Again, it's so, it's so specific on the individual and that story and the economics and the right. lifestyle, right? Okay. However, yeah. you can negotiate in understanding that, look, there's a certain period of time that it's going to take for, and I believe the legal word is rehabilitation, or stay-at-home person to be rehabilitated and the training or education that's going to be required. Okay. You can negotiate that. You can say, look, it's going to take me a year and a half. And you can't just wing it. You have to actually complete the black, uh, create the black and white plan and say this is what it is and show numbers mm -hmm. but you could negotiate like look I am planning on going back to the workforce I need to complete my degree that's going to cost x mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to need mm, you know a year and of course you probably will not get awarded a year you'll get more like six months to find the job that that education will hopefully get help me to secure so there is, there is an understanding of, you know, it takes time to do it. And what, what is encouraged is that you are able to articulate the path. And I like to say, like, articulate the path, but recognize that life happens and that you, things might happen creatively. Don't feel like you're absolutely locked into it, but you have to make it sound like you're committed to that path. You could be mm -hmm. exploring things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, I do understand that um, all of these situations are unique. And I do also want to throw in, um, I know we, uh, 
we have men and women who are in our relaunch community. Um, for the women who are listening, uh, there is something called the AAUW, which is the American Association of University Women, and they do some funding of coursework for relaunchers when they're going back to school. So just wanted to throw that out as a resource for people um, who are thinking they might need to pay for school um, and not know where they're going to get the funding for it. So, Lisa, we need to wrap up. This went very quickly, uh, and this is a, a very complex topic. Uh, so thanks for addressing a whole range of different questions. I wanted to know if we could close with, could you give what you uh, think is your most important advice um, to someone who's relaunching their career in the face of divorce, even if it's something that you've already talked about in our conversation today? Yes, uh, Carol, I think it's important to find what I call a compassionate companion. And that is someone who has knows the divorce journey. It might be a friend, but it's, if it's a friend, it's someone who has recovered and is not embittered, someone who is healthy, someone who has reinvented herself or himself and who is farther down the path, who can give you perspective about how to do this in a smart way and a healthy way. Again, not someone who is still harping on about their ex and and in a negative space. Right. Because what I know is that no one really understands divorce until they've been through it themselves. So you want to find somebody who who really is a leader. And can you please um, let our audience know how they can get more information about SAS for women? Sure. Visit our um, wonderful website. I'm really proud of it. Uh, and it's SAS for women, S-A-S for women.com, where there are over 100 articles dedicated to these conversations surrounding change. And, um, and go to the divorce group tab where there is a full descriptor about Annie's group and you will hear and understand why women uh, so value that platform because they discover each other and they don't feel so alone. Right, well, thank you, Lisa, for joining us today and also for SAS for Women for being such a great resource for uh, iRelaunch relaunchers going through a divorce. It's been wonderful to have you as our guest. Thank you, Carol. And again, I just want to say I'm so happy that you're in existence. It means a lot to a lot of people. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we talk about strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of I Relaunch, and your host. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for listening.